Welcome to the Sick and Successful Podcast. If you're a business owner, work in corporate, or have a side hustle you're passionate about, you're gonna wanna stick around. Because I promise to ask the tough questions and talk about the things others shy away from. You know, what it's really like to own a business and be chronically ill. I'm gonna give you that push you need towards following your dreams and be the friend you come back to week after week to talk about the real things in life and in business. If you have goals and are working towards them, if you're determined to be successful, no matter what life's obstacles get in the way, this podcast is for you. Dream big and tune in. Welcome back to the Sick and Successful Podcast. Happy New Year. I hope you had fun celebrating. And to get us into the new year, we're going to do something completely different in this episode. We have one of the Ready, Set, Record alumni. Her name is Molly. She is a PR expert. She is a firecracker. She is phenomenal. She was actually someone who came into the course and in module one, let me know that I'm giving way too much information and it's going too fast. But from that moment, she has completely transformed. She's becoming a podcast manager herself. She is starting her own podcast and she proposed to do an interview on me on the Ready, Set, Record program and the course and kind of sharing what she learned etc. So I would love to share that with you to kind of get insight of the program, but also from the experience of one of our amazing alumni. Welcome, Molly. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's so fun to be here today. I am so blown away about like everything you put together and just proposing this. I'm so excited to have fun with you. (laughs) Well, I just completed your like 10 minutes ago, just completed your Ready, Set, Record podcast course. And I don't want to spoil the experience for your listeners or for anybody who might take the course, because by sharing every detail here about the course, because I think you need to go experience this course for yourself. What I would like to do is offer five highlights, five things that I learned and have a fun chat with Natalie, not only thank her for the experience, but also to get her final thoughts on how the course went and what her hopes are for the future of Ready, Set, Record. I love it. I love it. So first, thank you for taking time to chat with me today, Natalie. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for putting this together and for proposing it. It's what a fun class. I'm so grateful. Honestly, it's been a terrific experience from the first class to the last. I feel like I've got everything I need to go launch podcasts for myself or hopefully very soon teach somebody how to do their own podcast and be a podcast manager. So I'm very, I feel very empowered and I'm just incredibly grateful. Oh, you're going to make me cry. That is the goal. That is the reason this whole program was created because it's so hard. Like podcasting is the one place that has a barrier to entry. You know, it's, it's not like YouTube or Instagram or TikTok where you can just post. And I think so many wonderful women like you need a plot, like need a space to share their voice but they're getting stopped by the small technical difficulties. And yeah. You know a lot about that. You just finished your 100th episode. I know. So I think this is probably episode, I don't know, 105, 106 that everyone's hearing this. But today is actually the day that I launched episode 100, November 23rd. Congratulations. That is awesome. Moment worth celebrating for sure. So true. Well, I have five questions for you. In module one, you told us we need to figure out our why, that we need to answer the question, why are we creating our podcasts? And you said we need a big why. But within that discussion, you said something that immediately made me see how you are making a difference in the podcast community. You said that somewhere in our answer, somewhere in our why, 
had better be to serve my community. Mm. And so much of what we experience across social media is the opposite of that. The all about me mentality is rampant. So when you said that, it really touched a chord with me. It was like, she cares and we should also care about our community. But I wonder, my question to you is, I wonder if you can expand upon, why do you think it's important that we consider how we conserve our community, how we serve the audience listening to our podcast? Yeah, I think it's twofold for me. And one is that we're human beings, right? And social media is social. People are listening to this podcast or every podcast, whatever podcast, for themselves. So if we're not servicing our community, if we're not giving to the people who are listening, who are giving their time, and we're talking about our, all of ourselves only, then the podcast isn't going to be successful. So that's one of the main reasons I share it, or one of the reasons I share it, is because a lot of people get into podcasting because they think, oh, I'm going to start this side business, and or they're told, I'm going to you know start this side business and start up a podcast with it so that you can be extremely successful. And then they go on to start and talk about their business and their products, et cetera. And then nobody listens and they're wondering why podcasting doesn't work. But also because I am a heart-centered person and I do believe that giving back to the community, whatever energy you give out to the world, it's going to come back to you. So by giving to people and really thinking about the person you're talking to, it's not just going to benefit you from having this podcast and having this platform. You're going to be able to change lives by doing and sharing your voice. And I think we're all put here on this planet to share about something or we have a message, whatever that message is. And so, you know, sharing it in a way that's going to resonate with other people is so important. I love that. And I think you really got that message across throughout the course. I don't think any of us are leaving thinking that this podcast is going to be all about me. It's we really all do, I think, feel like I am going to serve my community with this, um, especially when we think of somebody like Julia, who took the class and is going to be doing a podcast on t- dementia Yeah, and you know what caregivers are going through and really take a look at the positive side of dementia care. Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, we all have something we're so passionate about and care about and we have like the tools to, to make a difference in the world. Then we can do so through podcasting. It's such a special, special place. And it's so cool to see the difference in mindsets from like coming in typically is a lot of entrepreneurs who want to make money in their business into the course and then ending with like transformational podcasts. It's such a cool thing to see. For sure. You did just as a side note mention, hey, don't expect to be making a ton of money on your Exactly. Podcast. At least not at first. So I think at least not at first. <laughs> that should keep yeah, and going. it's. I think it's something people do wrong even in social media is they think like, I'm going to promote myself. I'm going to talk about myself. Everybody wants to see what I'm doing. Yes. And unless you're servicing them in one way or another and giving value, you're not going to be successful in whatever you do. For sure. Yeah. Well, in module two, we talked about intros, outros. We talked about picking music, which for me was really fun. And we also took an in-depth look at editing with Alexa. She walked us through your proven process for basic editing techniques and shared some great tips and tricks. And you followed on with that in the following episode, or at least as part of that one, I should say course, I keep calling it an episode. It's okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You followed on your own feedback on that and some of the places where you've had challenges, some of the areas that 
you know, you've really gotten stuck and you really helped all of us, all of us see that we can do it. We probably will have some hiccups just like you did, but that we can get through it. One of the things you talked about when you went through the intros, the outros, the recording was the importance of having a pre-recording ritual. And I loved this discussion because I'd never heard about this. And I guess being a publicist, I've always thought about doing something like this with my clients before we do a meeting. But you helped us understand that having a ritual that calms our nerves, that makes us feel present, that gets us set up and ready to record is really something that will help our podcast feel more authentic to our listeners because we'll be ready and present for them. Um, Some of the ideas you gave us were to listen to music, to dance, to warm up our voices, to take deep breaths, and maybe even do some simple meditations. And I think some of those tips came from you and also from Alexa. It was sort of a combo. Yeah. One of Alexa's tips was to really sit and think, or maybe this was yours. I don't know. It's Um, okay. We're the same person pretty much. She's phenomenal. (laughs) Yeah. It was thinking about our audience before we begin. And that really hit home for me because I think that's a really key recommendation for people to really think about the people they're talking to. So my question for you in all of this is, what is your pre-recording ritual today and how has that changed from when you started your sick and successful podcast, by the way? (laughs) I love that question because it makes me think, I have a client right now, um, one of our social media clients, she teaches people who don't have 2020 vision, who have glasses to repair their vision without, without glasses and without surgery. And she's been doing it for like many years, 30, 40 years. And something she teaches is that it takes time. You know, she has processes, she has all these tools. At the beginning, it can take a while, but after time working with her, you can tap in right away. And so it really kind of feels that way is when I first started podcasting, I would listen to Work Bitch by Britney Spears and jump around my office. And I had my specific crystals and I had my candles and I had my oils. And I would have like at least 15 minutes before recording where I'd say some affirmations. Sometimes I would pull some like affirmation cards that I had and I would really switch from meeting to meeting to meeting to whatever I was doing. I was in corporate at the time. So like very negative mindset to, okay, pump myself up and then bring myself. So I would pump myself up with Britney Spears and jumping around. And then I would sit at my mic and do my crystals and a card and kind of deep breaths and bring myself into the space. And really, I would ask, I had some kind of, I had like a few phrases that I had on a sticky note that was like, what do I need to bring to this episode? Like universe, God, bring, give me the words that I need to say today to get across to my audience. And so that was like a 15 minute ritual because sitting down and pressing record as easy as it sounds really is a lot of effort, you know, to, to be able to kind of turn on that voice and that not have all the ums and ahs and uhs, and it can take a lot of work. So that was 15 minutes. Now we got, I've been on meetings. It is 1230. I've been on meeting. Actually, I've been at this computer since 8am and I haven't even gone to the bathroom and I've been on meetings at 9, 930, 10, 11. We did ready, set, record, finished at 12, did testimonials, and now we're here. And I, we literally pressed record. So I'm able to like and get into podcast mode because I know who my audience is. I know how I feel. I can really kind of hone in on that energy where I don't need to do the meditation, the oil, the crystals, et cetera. 
when I have a day, I like to plan my calendars where I have most of the day open when I'm doing my batching by myself because I do do this on YouTube as well. So I like to really kind of have my episodes written down. I like to do three at a time-ish and I like to do them two days in a row. So I have a bunch of episodes, but I like to have the titles down. I like to have the topics in mind and then I'll sit down. I'll take my time doing my makeup and getting ready. And that's kind of my my ritual now is getting ready, feeling confident physically because I'm going to be on camera helps me portray that on my invoice. So it's changed a lot over the last three years. I like it. I can see how going through that process of having your big ritual to then just having that kind of confidence to move directly into it can be developed over time. Definitely over time. I know I'm going to have to start where you were with my own and kind of, and as a goal, hopefully get there, but I think I'll probably always do something. Hey, you mean you got there. We went into ready, set, record, and we're recording now. But yeah, (laughs) exactly. There's always something, right? Even if it's a few seconds, even if it's a deep breath, and it's going to be different for everyone. Sure. Yeah. Well, in module three, we talked about cover art. And that for me was a new thing to consider. I have a teensy bit of graphic design experience, maybe from high school when I was in an art class. Um, So it was interesting to me to hear your discussion about what makes good art. And we looked at various designs. Uh, You covered lots of good tips and tricks. And you also, during that module, I think I remember you talked a lot about promoting our podcasts. And again, lots of good tips and tricks. And I'm not going to spoil it for anyone. They got to go take the class. But one of the things you said about cover art is that it will make or break our shows. And At first I thought, hmm, but then I thought, you know what? I agree. It is human nature to judge a book by its cover, even if we don't think we're that shallow. So it was a bit of an eye-opener for me, I guess I would say, that I wanted to make sure my cover art is good. And I really had not put any thought into that before this class. So my question for you is, maybe without being specific, and by that I mean, let's not throw anybody under the (laughs) bus. <laughs> but what's the worst cover art you've ever seen and why? So it's really, it's funny because when you say it back to me, I'm like, oh, is that like, is that true? And then I'm like, yeah, it is a hundred percent true because if you are promoting to an audience, you have a nurtured audience and you're like, here's my podcast link to this episode, your cover art's not going to make or break it. But that's not how you're going to get most of your listeners, right? People are going to search, SEO is important, etc. And when someone's searching on a specific topic and they see a cruddy cover art that's made on like paint from Microsoft, (laughs) whatever, then they're not going to click because it really shows that this isn't a professional podcast. It's someone on their iPhone in the streets of New York with crappy sound and they're not going to click so that it is important. Usually the cover arts that I've seen that weren't great are someone who hasn't had any experience creating anything and don't kind of have that artistic eye. And the main thing is like, it really is just the small details in cover art that makes it look professional. So when someone plops a picture and uses Times New Roman and doesn't have, and like has a bunch of different colors or graphics that don't kind of flow together, that's the cover art that I would say the worst. The worst that I have seen that has just come to mind. How could I share this without throwing anyone under the bus? I don't think I'll throw anyone under the bus. The worst that I have seen was, oh man, how do I share this without? So someone I've worked with in the past, 
they presented a piece of cover art to me and they were someone who wasn't really wanting to, you know, make changes and, and, you know, whatever, but they just had a straight, you know, those, I think it was Snapchat emojis or like avatars that you could make of yourself a long time ago, or it was something like that. It was just straight on the cover. There was no title. There was no name. And they were very aware of all the pieces that needed to be on the cover art and just wanted to keep this avatar on the piece of cover art. So that would probably be the worst one for me because someone, nobody's going to know if you saw a book with a cover that just had an avatar on it with no title, with no author, with no, you know, anything, you're not going to get anywhere with your podcast. I mean, unless you have a really nurtured audience, right? If someone, a big celebrity, I don't know if Pink all of a sudden put out a podcast and it was just her face. Well, I mean, we would all listen. I mean, I would listen, but... (laughs) For us everyday people who don't have hundreds of thousands of people lined up to listen to our podcast, it is important. I fully agree. I think that somebody like Pink could probably put off the podcast without an image. Exactly. Just a blank. Just Just a word pink. As I was creating my cover art, one of the questions that came to my mind, because it was sort of out of my area of expertise, but I was sort of following the tips. The question that came to mind was, do we have to love our cover art? Or is it more important that it hits all the notes and your notes are things like it needs to be simple, it needs to be crisp, it needs to be clean, and it needs to draw attention. I think the two and two go in hand. But my advice is if you're looking to launch and what's holding you back is you can't get the cover art perfect and you don't love it, is you can always change your cover art. So my first rendition of cover art, I didn't love it. We're probably on like four or five and I'm obsessed with my cover art now. And I do think it's important to love it eventually. Because you're wanting to share it, you're wanting to get either people on your podcast or you want to put it in your media kit and you want it to be everywhere. And for it to be everywhere, you should hopefully like it and it should be on brand. But doesn't mean rendition number one has to be perfect. Right. Yeah, I think that's about where I'm at right now. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like it hits all the notes. I don't necessarily love it, but it also wasn't in my ear. You know, exactly. Created just for myself anyway. So, exactly. All right. Well, in module four, you covered speaking and presentation. And this was fun for me. We actually had someone in the class who is a broadcasting, who has broadcasting background. And so she was fun to listen to. One of the things you impressed upon us is that it, when it comes to the information that we're going to share on our podcasts, and I don't know if I have this quite how you said it, but you essentially said there's really no new information but that our personality is really what's going to count in the delivery. And that's what's going to be unique about our podcast. So I think what you're meaning to say is we all have stories to share and tips to share. There's not a ton of new information out there, but what's going to be unique about it is me, is my take on the information, the interviews that I have that cover some of the information that may already be out there, but that are done in a unique way. hundred percent. But my question for you is, and this was kind of the first thing that came to mind when you said that was, what if I have weird quirks or if I'm insecure about things and those come out, what will people think? Yeah. And it's funny because like everybody's scared about their, for me, I cannot spell. It doesn't have much to do with podcasting, but like spelling is the worst for me. And it ends up being what people know you for. Like the quirks, maybe it's your filler words. Maybe it's your making mistakes. It's always fun to bring your audience into that because they get to know you and understand you and really come, you know, full circle with you as a person. 
And what I mean by there's no new information is like we live in a day and age where 50 years ago, you maybe couldn't Google literally everything other than a personal story. All the information is out there. How to start a podcast is out there, but it's the delivery of how I put it out or the delivery of whatever your podcast is, how you talk about it, how you explain it, how you share your stories, how you intertwine it with your personality. That's going to make your podcast something people get addicted to or love to add into their routine and listen on a weekly basis and actually show up to spend that time with you. That's really good advice. And I think it's really something that we should all kind of take to heart that we are the gift when it comes to these podcasts. We're We're here to share what we can and hopefully, as you said, serve our communities. And exactly. Really what it's all about. Yeah. yeah. So good. And the last two modules, five and six, we focused on publishing. And then today, our last class, I'm going to show yeah. it to you. <laughs> we focused <laughs> on pitching and we heard some really great pitches for these podcasts that are, are the group has developed over the, the course of this class. And it was super fun to hear from everybody. In module five, you walked us through setting up our podcast publishing accounts on Podbean. Yep. And you gave us tips and tricks for working with Apple and Spotify. Today, you gave us some tips on pitching and kind of what the outline of a good pitch would be. But then you told us all, hey, look, it really is up to you how these pitches play out, whether you're pitching someone to get sponsorship, whether you're pitching someone to be on your podcast or whether you're asking to be on someone else's podcast. I guess my question for you, maybe a fun one is what was your first successful pitch mm-hmm. out of any of those three that you really felt like, wow, that was, I did that well, this is working. I'm so excited. Yeah. the uh, It's funny. One comes to mind right away and it's one that didn't end up following through into anything. I actually shared it in the class, but we talk about monetizing in module six because a lot of people, like we talked about just a few seconds ago, think they're going to come into podcasting. They're going to get these ads on whatever publishing platform and the ads are going to be placed in and then they're going to make a ton of money and they find out they're going to make pennies or they think because their business, they're going to get sponsorships right away and make a ton of money, which doesn't say that I don't have clients that literally make 15K on sponsorships like I do. And they've got there from starting to zero, but it's not, yeah, it's not where you start from. But my first pitch, so I am actually three years in, 100 episodes, and have never had a sponsorship for a few different reasons, mainly because I'm strapped thin running a company with a bunch of employees and a bunch of clients, et cetera, and a mom of a two-year-old, whatever. So I haven't put in priority to take time away to pitch people. But also, I like the way that my podcast is set up as kind of like an artistic expression for me. But I did in the early years of, so literally in 2019, right, even before the podcast was launched, I was at an event called Pays to be Brave. It was round by Anjali. It was in San Diego. And her brother owns a company. It's called Soul CBD. Her and her brother own Soul CBD. And he has angelicospondylitis. I always forget how to say the first word, but it's a chronic illness that requires the same medications that I take for my Crohn's disease. And I was at this massive event, hundreds and hundreds of women. And he was there, they were promoting the product. And I literally went up to him and was like, hey, I have this podcast launching. It's called Sick and Successful. He's a massive boxer. Like he's known around the world. He came down with this disease, went on this medication and then started the Soul CBD company. And I'm like, I would love to have you on the podcast and I would love Soul CBD to sponsor. 
and had this full conversation with him in this massive conference room. And he gave me his business card. He was planning to be on the podcast and was going to sponsor. And then I never followed up. (laughs) I never followed up because... Because the podcast had launched, I wanted him to be on when we were, you know, more, like I always say in the program, the first eight episodes are a little bit kind of testing and garbage and, you know, you're figuring out the waters. I wanted him to be on when we were more established. And then we paused because I had my daughter in July of 2020. So it didn't work out. It's always in the back of my head to reach out again because they think they would be a perfect fit. But yeah, that was my first pitch and it went great, but I just, I never followed through. Well, I hope you were proud of yourself for your success there. I was so proud. I was beaming from ear to ear after talking to him. So, yeah. Well, I want you to know how much I appreciate you and this course. It was terrific. And I've already recommended it. And I can't wait to recommend it to other people and see other people become successful. Just like I think everyone in the class is already feeling and doing and and will do in January when they launch their podcasts. Thank you so much, Molly. Now I have to figure out when I'm going <laughs> to launch this course again, because if we're oh talking about it. <laughs> well, that's one of my questions for you. What do you see as the next step or the future of Ready, Set, Record? This program is like so many entrepreneurs have, they do a launch every quarter or they do this. I, I'm not like that with this program because it really is like a soul child. It's like podcasting really isn't one of the biggest things of SNS Creative. It's a side part. It's one of the offers we have, but it isn't our main offer. So Ready, Set, Record is like when I feel like I want to give back and make a difference is when I've run it. So it's only ran twice. It ran in 2021 and 2022 in October, both times. And this time around, we recorded it every everything and put it up in Kajabi, which is like a course platform. But I'm not obsessed with the recording because there were a lot of points where there was live, like live discussion, et cetera. So my plan is, my want is to re-record my section and have it in there as a self-led course with lives where people can come on and have Q&As and do the pitching and do all of that kind of the support and maybe be an evergreen course or do it at a specific time. But I'm not sure. That's not ironed out. So I'm actually curious of what you think would be if if this was to be self-led and you had to watch the videos and then come in, would you prefer, like, how would you? Well, I've, I've yeah. been, I've taken a variety of classes this year, so I feel like I can offer my opinion on yeah. it. Well, and I've been recommending this to people who are looking into doing their own classes, for example, maybe with or without a podcast. I think this going forward, it's going to go hand in hand you always want to be doing multiple things to get everybody to see you. Right. Exactly. But so I think a recorded format works really well. And then I think what has been really successful for people is something you're already doing is having a set Facebook community that the students can go into and ask questions and get support and questions answered by the other students and also by you. So if we look at Christina Nicholson's media Maven program, and I just, I'm in a copywriting community and class as well uh, with a woman named Kate Zune, who's in Australia and she's hilarious. They both have a recorded format. They both have the ability to go in and listen to any class that you want to, that makes sense for you. But then in their Facebook group, you can chat. And so, but you can chat with the students and then they go in, Kate and Christina go into the Facebook community. And if you tag them in a question, they'll answer it for you. They don't have all day to be in the Facebook community, but they do try to commit to going in 
I think one does it one particular day a week. And then I think the other kind of goes in as needed when she sees herself tagged. And I feel like when I've posted in there and tagged them, which is not often, I've I've gotten a great response, but also the, the support of the community of the other people that have taken the course and that are out there, like in your case, putting out podcasts, we're all learning as we go. Yeah. And so when I post a, co- a question in that Facebook community, I'm going to get hopefully, you know, five different answers and and see something that resonates with me and that I can use. And exactly. so that the answer you gave me, it may be an answer a student gave me. So I think that would be a great yeah. way to do it. We do have, we have a Facebook group that you'll be added to. It's ready, set, record alumni. So I think there's going to be like 40 ish people in there already. So that group will always continue so that there's always going to be community and, and being able to answer. But yeah, that, that is the trajectory of ready, set, record is it will be recorded because the amount it takes for me to show up and re-record and like re-record the same thing is tough. And I also feel like I miss something sometimes because I've already said it multiple times. So I want to make sure that the that's everything I do, my podcast, everything, that the quality is exceptional. And then that everybody gets served and supported. So it will be recorded in one way or another. I just don't even know when I'm launching. So if someone wants it, you can message me and come get it. <laughs> another idea I had that that comes from my UCLA and my Cal UC Berkeley classes that I've taken online are that they'll do a recorded segment and then once a month they'll have a live. So mm-hmm. like almost like office hours. Yeah. They'll have a time when people who are taking the course can get together and ask any questions and they may, there may be a mini lecture in there, some kind of fun new topic. Cause that actually happens for the classes, but then there's some new thing that came out or some news in your industry that you want to share with everybody and kind of talk about. Um, so that, that might be another thing to consider to kind of keep the connection with the students, which I think is where you add so much value is that support. And like some of the students said today in in the class, when we were giving you feedback on how well it went was like, you're so inspiring, but I don't know that you necessarily get that unless you're having that Mm one-on-one conversation or that live. So yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, thank you for joining me today and doing my very first podcast. (laughs) You did so well. What a great interview. Thank you so Um, much. Thank you. It was great to prepared and I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much. And listen, if there's anything that I can do for you, let me know. Same. So Molly, now the red carpet is yours. Why don't you share about you and what you have coming up and where everybody can find you? So coming up, I will launch my own podcast. It's called Next Flight to Spain. And it's for anyone who's been to Spain, but would like some fun new ideas for their next trip. I'm going to have on all kinds of fun experts like wine experts, olive oil experts, educators, some of my friends who've traveled there more than I have. Um, I've been there a whole bunch. And so I would love to have you join me at Next Flight to Spain um, and take a listen when that launches in January. Amazing. Amazing. And you also do PR work, right? I do do PR work. I have uh, transitioned my focus from tech. I've been in tech for 25 years to focusing on nonprofits and small businesses. So actually I've taken some time out this year to learn more about how to serve those communities. So I already started working for a couple of nonprofits. One of them is the El Forte Eye Clinic in Sinaloa, Mexico. Just did a couple of things with them uh, for NBC and Telemundo. Super excited. It's a little secret, but hopefully by the time this episode comes out, uh, that will already have aired. So I'm really looking forward to supporting some more nonprofits that are making a difference and also to working hopefully with some local small businesses, which is my passion, mm-hmm. um, helping out my local chefs and artists and athletes and all that. So cool. Amazing. Thank you so much, Molly. I really appreciate it. I'm glad our two worlds collided. <laughs> 
I'm, I'm really glad. Thank you so much for everything. Remember, dream big. It's possible for you and your next version of success is around the corner. Mwah. 